Well, good morning. Uh, thanks for being here. If you're in the building, thank you for braving uh, Snowmageddon. If you think this is Snowmageddon, this is a Thursday night in the Maritimes. Uh, so, but thank you anyway. Thank you to those who uh, are tuning in online uh, in the comfort of your PJs. Uh, you still have to shovel yourself out, even though you didn't do it early this morning. That's okay. It's still gonna still gonna happen. Uh, I don't probably don't even need to preach. I think I think Chuck just did. So have a great day. And we'll see you guys next week. Now, I'm really excited uh, to jump into week four of our series uh, through the book of Psalms. We're actually going to come back to this series later next year, and we're going to look at four more Psalms, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, But again, thank you for braving the snow to get here. Next week, we'll look and sound a lot like it does outside. We're really excited to start our Christmas series called the land of misfit toys. It's going to be a lot of fun. So this place is going to look different, hopefully maybe sound a little bit different, and hope that you guys uh, will be here, whether online uh, or here on site. It's going to be a lot of fun. My name is Jamie, and uh, so glad that you're here. Um, I want to offer you a job. Now, I'm going to give you a list of things that, like kind of like the profile of this job, And then I'm going to ask you eventually if this is something that you might be interested in, okay? Here's the first thing. In this job, every morning is an early morning. I'm talking like before the sun even rises. And some of you are like, well, I'm out. Uh, Some of you are morning people. That's okay. Uh, These are early mornings. But not only are they early mornings, but you are in charge of picking up your employees every day. Uh, And not only do you have to get up early and collect all your employees, but they are the dumbest employees. I'm talking like these people are the dumbest people. And I'm just trying to say this as as nicely as I can, but uh, they're lazy and these employees are slow. They need constant supervision. Uh, Like they're so dumb. They would be the kind of people who drowned at the water cooler in the photocopy room. This is the kind of people that you're working with daily, okay? Uh, Not only that, but your office is outside all year round. All year round. It doesn't matter what the conditions are like. You have to work outside. You have to make sure that your employees are constantly groomed and make sure that they look appropriate. You have to clean up after them. Their cubicles are a disaster, and it is your job to clean up. So, who wants that job? Now, some of you may be thinking like, okay, like maybe, like what does it pay? Well, let me tell you how much it pays. It pays nothing until your dad dies. That's what it pays. Your pay is your dad's inheritance. Like when he passes away, you know what you receive? You receive all the dumb employees. They are now your property. And so anyone can guess what this job might be? Anybody? A shepherd. Good job. This is the job profile of a shepherd. There are early mornings. We all know that like sheep are dumb. They're lazy. They're slow. Uh, you have to get them motivated. You have to walk miles upon miles with these little creatures every day. You have to be outside with them no matter what the weather conditions are, whether it's extreme heat or extreme cold. You are in charge of getting these people from point A to point B. 
You're always on guard for wolves and bears and other beasts. You're always on guard for thieves who are trying to steal some of your sheep. You face all these irregular weather conditions and you don't really get paid all that much. You just get your dad's inheritance. So being a shepherd is a dirty, thankless job. And people knew that back in the day. But someone's got to do it. But here's the thing. You also need incredible courage, bravery, and patience to be a shepherd. You need courage to to face whatever situations and things kind of happen in the moment. Uh, You need to have bravery to defend yourself and your sheep against thieves and lions and tigers and bears. Thank you. And you need patience to deal with these moronic animals who don't do a whole lot except eat and provide you with wool. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about shepherds. And we're only going to talk about shepherds. And so I want you to turn to Psalm 23. If you've got your uh, Bible with you. Uh, If you don't, that's okay. Let us know. We would love to give you one. And if you've got it on your phone, you can go to your YouVersion app and go to events and you can follow all the sermon notes and all that kind of stuff there. But today we are going to be talking about shepherds. We're going to be talking about Psalm 23. This is probably the most familiar psalm uh, in all of all 151 of them. Uh, this is the one that you often hear in, like, pop culture or in movies, right? Like, the, the uh, I don't know, the assassin who, like, this is, like, his last job, and he always says this verse right before he shoots a guy or something. This is the, this is the prayer, this is the psalm that you see uh, someone uh, reciting on their deathbed. Or when they're hiding in fear of something in their closet, they say this psalm. We hear this all the time in movies. And... Some of us have maybe have even sat beside someone's deathbed and read this psalm to them because there's this incredible comfort that comes in Psalm 23. And so this is a very popular, well-known psalm, even by those who maybe don't even follow Jesus or even go to church. And so this psalm was likely written by David when he was a teenager, like 14, 15 years old, as he was tending his own father's sheep. And so uh, I'm going to get us to stand together. I want us to read God's word together. It's pretty short, but most of you would know it. Stand up together. Uh, Let's read Psalm 23 together. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest In green meadows, he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Remain standing as I pray for us this morning. Jesus, 
this is something probably familiar to many of us. Uh, and nothing I add to this is probably going to uh, make it new or fresh, but the power of your spirit can. So open our hearts and our minds. Breathe something new and fresh into us through the power of your word this morning. Help us find something new in Psalm 23. In Jesus' name, we all agreed and said, amen. You may take a seat. So I want to read the first half of the first verse for you because I, I'll be honest, right before I became a pastor, I wanted to be an English teacher. Um, I lo- consider myself a bit of like the punctuation police. Um, I love to correct people's spelling and punctuation all the time. Um, now, I will say I'm a terrible like typer, and so when you see typos on slides and stuff, that's my finger's fault, not my brain's. Uh, but I love being the punctuation police. What I love about this psalm in particular is that you can read it in so many different ways, and there's so many different kind of inflections, and when you change around some of the punctuation a little bit, Holy Spirit can say different things to us. Now, I, of course, God's word is inerrant and infallible. It's without error, right? And so we can't mess it up when we, when we read it because it is what it is. It's the power of God's word on our lips. But there's something very beautiful in a lot of the poetic meters, especially in Psalm 23. And so this is the first verse, at least the first half of it. The Lord is my shepherd. To me, there should be a period there. That's what this psalm is about. It's not about anything else, but about the Lord, whoever the Lord is for David, and about shepherds. About the, the, the thing that I just talked about moments ago. We all know what a shepherd is. It's a dirty, smelly, thankless job. And so, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. And so, David wants us to know that this psalm is about shepherds. That's what it's about. And he goes on. And as we read this, you need to think, you need to remember, if you are saying, the Lord is my shepherd, then you are a what? You are a dumb sheep. Welcome to church. The guy on the TV said I was dumb. I'm sorry, but this is where we're at. We are sheep. And so we need certain things. If the Lord is our shepherd, we need to understand what a shepherd does for us. And that's what I want to take a look at today. The role of a shepherd. If we are sheep, then what is the role of of this shepherd in our lives. And the first is this, shepherds provide. Shepherds provide, that's the first point. This is starting at the second half of verse one to the first half of verse three. So the Lord is my shepherd, period. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. The first thing we need to know is that shepherds provide. Here in this verse, we see that the shepherd provides first food, right? Green meadows. And so often, and especially in pastures like this, if you go on the internet and you, you look up Midbar, which was a very popular pasture and mountain range where they would take many of these flocks of sheep, it looks like the desert, 
It, it looks like sand. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot there. But when you're actually on the ground, that there's this wind that blows from the Mediterranean Sea, and the moisture is carried in the wind and falls under the rocks of these pastures. And under those rocks grow these tufts of grass that these sheep would feed on for miles and miles and miles and for generations upon generations. And so a shepherd provides food. He takes them through these green meadows. He also provides water, right? Peaceful streams, not just streams of water, but peaceful streams. He gives us water. And he also gives us rest from weariness and peace from fear and catastrophe. It says, he renews my strength. So these are the kinds of things that a shepherd provides. Now, what does a shepherd not provide? He does not provide a jet ski. As much as I would like to pray for that, it's not what David is talking about. He's not talking about a third car or an island vacation. He's not talking about uh, getting a snowmobile to get through this stuff today. These are not the kind of things that shep- now the shepherd can provide those things. But that's not what he's talking about. It doesn't help your kids obey you. It doesn't help fix all your relational problems. Rather, a shepherd provides what you need right now, not what you need or that you want in the future. Let's unpack that for a moment because there is something very significant about how this is worded and what David is saying to us. He's saying that a shepherd provides what you need right now, here in this moment. Not what you would like to have in the future. Not the stuff that fills your garage. Now, we all like that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But a shepherd provides what you need for right now. In fact, he provides all that you need. Which is just enough. Sometimes, some of us don't like that. Sometimes we think God provides all that I need is the stuff that we don't have yet. Or sometimes all that I need means the money that we wish we had. But that's not the case. In fact, a shepherd gives you all that you need for right now, which is just enough. We tend to think of green pastures as like wealth and health and success and prosperity and abundance. That is not what green pastures are. Just Google Midbar. And you'll see a mountain range with not a lot of stuff. But a shepherd provides just enough. What you have, green pastures, are exactly what you need for right now. That's a shepherd's provision. In fact, one rabbi put it this way. Worry is dealing with tomorrow's problems on today's pastures. Isn't that a beautiful quote? Worry is dealing with tomorrow's problems on today's pastures. But a good shepherd provides all that you need for right now, for today, which is just enough. It doesn't mean that it's a lot. It means that it's just enough. So a shepherd provides. Second thing is this. Shepherds direct. A shepherd directs. Second half of verse 3. It says, he guides me along right paths. 
bringing honor to his name, even when I walk through the darkest valley. See, some of us would like to continue on that sentence, but when we're talking about a shepherd that directs, it says, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name, even when I walk through the darkest valley. So shepherds direct in all kinds of different ways, in all kinds of different directions. He directs us in right paths, but also darkest valleys. So right paths are, is plural. That, that's not a mistake. Paths mean that God sometimes give us, gives us choice. He gives us direction. He gives us ways to go. Sometimes so many of us are so concerned about finding that one thing that God wants for us. Where should I go to school? Should I marry this person? Should I take that job offer? Sometimes I think God's response to those questions is, I don't care. Not saying that he doesn't care about you. But sometimes God gives us multiple ways and multiple directions, paths, right paths for us to take. So instead of asking the question, should I marry this person? God is thinking, well, who are you going to be when you marry this person? And not should you go to that school, but who are you going to be? Are you going to follow me whichever school you decide? And so sometimes there are right paths, but the key thing here is bringing honor to his name, which is in the third verse. If you are to bring honor to his name, God's paths, multiple, will sometimes branch out into options and you can walk into God's will in different ways. Now, is there, there's only one path to Jesus, but once you are in relationship with Jesus, he wants to bless you with options and choices and relationships and people and right paths. So, shepherds direct in right paths, but they also direct in darkest valleys. Sometimes we tend to think that, well, God, why would God lead me into a dark valley? Well, sometimes the dark valleys are the right, right paths. Sometimes God will lead you into dark valleys because it's the right place to be for that time. Now, we don't like that. We don't like being in dark valleys. But sometimes that's where the right paths lead us. Because God blesses us in dark valleys just as much as he does on those mountain peaks. See, we tend to think that when we're in the mountain highs, man, am I ever being blessed? Well, no, you're just in a great space and God wants to bless you right there. But then when we get into the, the, the valley lows, we're like, man, where is God? Where, he's not blessing me right now. But the thing is, God blesses people where they are at. Uh, Dallas Willard says this about that. God has yet to bless anyone except where they actually are. And if we faithlessly discard moment after moment as not being, quote, right, we will simply have no place to receive his kingdom into our life. Let me read that first bit again. God has yet to bless anyone except where they actually are. Many of us think that we need to be in the mountain highs in order to receive God's blessing. And if we're in a valley low, if we have depression 
and doubts and fear, well, God's not going to bless me there. Actually, he is. Because a shepherd directs right paths, and sometimes those right paths lead us to dark valleys. Shepherds direct. The times when we're on the right track and the times when fear and doubt and sadness seem to overtake us. Shepherds direct. Third thing is this. Shepherds protect. A shepherd protects. Latter half of verse 4. I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. So I wish I had a shepherd's staff to show you, but they're usually about five, anywhere from five to seven feet long. Real big wooden staffs often. And they've got this kind of crook at the end. Sometimes it's like a big hook, basically. And those are used for two things, defense and offense. Defense would be when a sheep is running astray. He might take his hook and around the neck of the sheep and yank him back. When he's about to fall off a cliff or whatever. And it's also about herding them together and pulling a sheep back into comfort. It's a defense tool. But it's also for offense. It's for protecting against the beasts and warding off thieves. But our shepherd does the same thing. Sometimes protection, the defense, looks like keeping us from places, people, or things. Pulling us away from sin or temptation or from situations that could harm us. But sometimes, sometimes it's offense. Sometimes God is fighting for us and on our behalf even when we can't even comprehend it. There's, there are forces beyond our own recognition where God is fighting for us. Defense and offense, a shepherd protects. And David says there's something really unique with this psalm. So for the first four verses, he's talking about shepherds. And all of a sudden... He changes his language completely and begins to talk about kingship. He talks about a king. And if you were probably an original reader of this or a listener or hearer of Psalm 23, you would be thinking like, well, like a shepherd doesn't really prepare feasts in front of enemies, doesn't necessarily anoint the head of oil of sheep. So he changes his language drastically from a shepherd to a king. This is what it says in verse 5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So much like David uh, went from being a shepherd uh, under his father's tutelage and later became a king, this this psalm becomes a prophetic message about Jesus Christ. This psalm becomes this beautiful transformation of what a shepherd is, what a good shepherd looks like, and the authority and the kingship that one might have. So David prophetically changes the language to, take, uh, to talk about the role of a shepherd to the lordship and the sovereignty of a king. So then we ask, ask ourselves the question, all right, so what about Jesus? Where does Jesus fall in this? Because you're not sheep, okay? We, I can call you dumb sheep all I want, and I can't get away with it. 
Because you're not a sheep, and most of us don't even have pastures, or we don't even really see many sheep grazing on hillsides any longer, not around here at least. And so what does this even mean for us? Why is this still so significant in both pop culture and in our lives today? Why do we constantly go back to this stream? It's because this is a prophetic metaphor for Jesus. Jesus is our shepherd It's Jesus that provides and directs and protects. And we see the unveiling of this in John 8 to 10. You can turn to John 10 if you would like. We're going to be there in a moment. So Jesus is uh, teaching and preaching and healing along the countryside, uh, the east banks of the Jordan. And he's having all these conversations with a whole bunch of Jewish religious leaders A whole bunch of people um, who were very familiar with Psalm 23. An audience that probably had generations of family who actually had sheep go along some of these mountainsides. They would have been incredibly familiar with this Psalm 23 passage. And so Jesus takes this opportunity to talk about what it means to be the shepherd. They had a great idea of what a good shepherd looked like because of the words of Psalm 23. And as Jesus taught along the eastern banks of the Jordan River, which was like an agricultural haven for shepherds and sheep, this is what Jesus says in John 10, starting at verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Protection. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money. and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Provision. I have other sheep too, and they are not in this sheepfold, so I must bring them also direction. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, creator of the heavens and the earth, and the Savior of the same, he is the good shepherd. He is the one today who brings direction and provision and protection to us. So what I want to do is take a few moments to pray for some of these things. And I know there's not a lot of us here in the house today, but that's okay. We would love for you to participate in this prayer online as well. Uh, you can put your maybe prayer requests in uh, the little chat box and Rosie will pray along with you. But there are some of us in here, dare I say all of us, probably need some of those, one of those three things in our life. Whether we need direction, whether we need provision, or maybe even protection from something. So I want to take the time to to pray for each of those. And so here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to invite you, as I go through each one of these things, if you feel like you need prayer for one specific thing, I just want you to put your hand up. You don't have to share what it is, but if that's what God is uh, impressing on you today, then I want to pray that he would be a great shepherd in your life today. So when we talk about protection for us today, it could be protection from relationships, 
or peer pressure or fear or temptation, whatever it is, if, if, if you feel like that is resounding with you, I want you just shoot your hand up just for a quick moment. Just shoot your hand up. It's okay. Don't be shy. If you see someone in your area who's like just a hands with a way, I'm going to pray for those who need protection. And if you would just lay your hand on that person, I just want to say a quick prayer for those of us who need protection. Pray with me. Jesus, we thank you for being our good shepherd whose staff both protects and comforts with defense and offense. God, you fight battles for us even when we can't comprehend them. Lord Jesus, for those that popped up their hand and need a little protection from the Good Shepherd this morning, Jesus, we just ask that you would give them a great sense of your protection on their lives. Keep them from sin and temptation and frustration and fear and doubt and sometimes even relationships or peer pressure. God, protect them from the things that keep them far from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Next, I want to pray for those of you who might need some direction. Direction often comes in in three questions. What to do, where to go, and how to proceed. And so if this morning, if, if you need prayers of direction, just pop your hand up. There's a few of you. If you see someone close by with their hand up, maybe just put a hand on their shoulder and pray with me. Jesus, sometimes we feel like we are surrounded by not a lot of options and not clear roads and not clearly defined ways and paths for us to go. But in Jesus' name, we just ask that you would give direction to those who need it today as our good shepherd. Whether we need to know what to do in a situation, where to go in a situation, or how to proceed with something else, in Jesus' name, we just ask that you would bring those questions to our mind even now, God, and that you would give us clear answers on how you might want us to proceed. God, we bring honor to your name when we listen and are obedient to what you're asking us to do. And so I pray for direction in their lives today. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. And finally, provision. Provision. And I don't mean the kind of like, well, I hope when I scratch my lotto ticket today, God's going to provide. It's not necessarily what I mean. But if it is financial, if it's understanding a, a recent diagnosis to yourself or someone you love or someone you're close to or answers to questions you have, how many of you would need those kinds of prayers for provision today? Yeah. Yes. If you're close by with someone who just put their hand up, put a hand on their shoulder and pray with me. Jesus, you give us all that we need. And the green pastures sometimes might not look like the abundance and the, the, the wealth and the health that we would like. But we know that you've given us exactly what we need for right now, for today. Help us understand that, Jesus, for those who are looking for provision this morning. In Jesus' name, may you give us understanding. May you give us conversations that encourage and help us. May you give us a means to find the ways that you want to bless us and give to us when we are obedient to your call, to your name. 
God, we pray for provision in the name of Jesus Christ. We all agreed and said.